0: Real good. That's good. I mean, that's just great. I like that. I like his voice. Okay, let's get into the Word of God. You ready to get into the Word of God? Uh, we're doing a little mini-series, I guess you could call it, on prayer. And uh, we started last week. We'll talk about it today and probably finish it next Sunday. But uh, remember, just by way of review, why pray? And this is a thing that stumped me as a, as a kid Why pray if God already knows what we need before we ask him? Why why would we even need to pray? Wouldn't God just automatically take care of what we need without even asking him? And I said this last week so I don't have time to go through it all again. If you missed last week, it's on the uh, internet on our website. You can get it for free if you have access to the internet. It would seem that due to the way that God set the authority structure of this earth up, and you can go back to Genesis chapters 1, 2, 3 on in there and see it, that God's operation in this earth, because of the way He set things up, depends greatly upon the avenue that we give Him through our prayers. Okay? That doesn't mean that God is not all-powerful, because He is all-powerful and all of that. But did you know God can't do, because of the way He set it up, He can't do anything He wants? A proof, of, proof of that. If God could do anything He wanted, wouldn't He make everybody get saved? Yes or no? Yes. But you see, he's given everybody a free will. And it's up to each of us whether or not we want to receive Jesus or not. So you see, again, God has set the authority structure of this earth up. that he It would seem that he will only do things in this earth that we give him the avenue to do through prayer. So that's important then to pray. Wouldn't you agree with me? It's important to pray. And then I noted last week with you the different kinds of prayer And there were seven different kinds. I don't know if they have the slide. If they do, they can put it up on the screen. But there was the prayer of agreement, which is united or corporate prayer, like a church coming together and praying or just two people agreeing. And then there was what's known as a prayer of petition, where you you pray for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. We'll say more about that next week. And then Thanksgiving or worship, you know, we just did that. We, We... Gave thanks to God and worshiped him. And then there's a prayer of commitment, also known as dedication or consecration. And then intercession, that's where you pray for others. And and that's good. And then praying in the Spirit with, with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. And then finally, the prayer of faith, which is really a declaration of faith. And I talked last Sunday about that, so we'll not take the time to go through that again Uh, Notice John 16, verse 23. We brought this out last week, but I think it's important that we look at it again. Because this right here is uh, how we should pray. When we pray, we should pray according to this scripture. Um, There was another scripture in John 14 we talked about last week that governs the prayer of faith or the declaration of faith. But this, this right here, this verse... Governs all these other six types of prayer, and guys, prayer is important. You need to know some things about praying. Okay, it's very important. And, and anyway, John sixteen twenty three, Jesus says, "In that day, you will ask me nothing." Now he's talking about the day in which we live, the church age. The last 2,000 years after he was raised from the dead is what he's talking about here. After he's gone to the cross and been raised from the dead. In that day you will ask me nothing. So it's amazing how many times you'll see people offering prayers to Jesus. There's nothing wrong with talking to Jesus. I talk to him every day. But when you go to pray, when you go to make, make a request or you go to pray uh, for something or for someone whether it's for yourself or for somebody else, you're not supposed to direct that at Jesus. You're supposed to, notice, whatever you ask, who are you supposed to direct that prayer to? To who? To the Father in whose name? In Jesus' name, the Father, He will give it you. That's so important that you that you understand that. And people say, well, you know, that's just a technicality. It doesn't really matter if I ask jesus or ask the father or if i ask the holy spirit listen you need to understand these are technical things it's like i told you last week electricity you know i don't understand too much about electricity but if i stood in a bucket of water and and i stuck my finger in that socket whether i believe much about electricity or all of that what's going to happen to me i'm electrocuted so so rules matter don't they I used the example last week. If I went down to your bank and I went in and I said, "Give me, who, uh, you know, who should I pick here, Brian? Give me all." I go to Brian's bank and they say, give me all of Brian's money. What is it going to come down to? They're going to want to know if I have some sort of access to his name. Is that right? And and, and they're not going to give me his money unless I, I, I. What I'm trying to say are they going to are they going to be real technical at the bank about rules? Yes or no? And somehow or another, I'm going to have to have access to his name to get to that money. Is that correct? And so the same thing is true with, with prayer. We, there's rules that govern prayer. Uh, like in the natural, if I went up on this roof of this church and, and I said, well, you know, so what about gravity? It's no big thing. And, and I stepped off the roof. What's going to happen? I'm going to go... The law of gravity is going to kick in and I'm going to go splat. Is that right? Yes or no? So I, I, the reason I use those examples is because that's the way prayer is set up. And, and and you'd be surprised how many times people don't understand the rules of prayer and then they wonder why they don't get their prayers answered. Also, there's... there's I used this example last week and it bears repetition. How many sports are there? There are a lot of different sports. Yeah. What if we took football, that's real big right now, what if we took football and took the rules of football and applied those rules to golf? <laughs> now, you wouldn't do that, would you? I mean, that wouldn't be too good. I mean, you know, you're out there, or, if, or what if we took the rules of hockey and applied them to golf? Wouldn't that be fun? You know, take the, take the golf club and, you know, if something doesn't go right and we beat, you know, hit our opponent with it, you know, with the, with the club. So there's different rules that govern these different kind of prayers and different laws and whatnot. So it's, it, you know, it's, it, you say, well, it's just technical. Folks, we've got to, how many of you want to get your prayers answered? I mean, I want to get my prayers answered. So we need to understand some of these rules and we need to apply them properly. So when you pray, who are we supposed to direct our prayers to? To the Holy Spirit, to Jesus, or to the Father? To the Father. In whose name? In Jesus' name. Is that right? In Jesus name. So let's read this again in Acts 16:23 I'm sorry John 16:23 he said in that day you'll ask me nothing most assuredly I say to you whatever you ask the father in my name he will give it you. So just keeping it as simple as I can who are we supposed to direct our prayers to? To the heavenly father in whose name? In Jesus name. Okay? Now, underline that word in John sixteen twenty three, or make a note of it whatever real loud say whatever he said whatever you ask the father now that word whatever is a big deal it really is because remember last week we said we looked at the book of James and it said you have not because you ask not and you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you might consume things on your own desires and Lust is what the word there in the King James is. But how many of you know motives is all important in prayer? Is that right? And and whatever there, you know, I mean, I've seen people over the many years, well, God, give me a million dollars. Well, do you have a million dollar plan for the gospel? You know, a lot of people want a million dollars so that they can just go consume it on themselves. Is is that right? So if you when you start asking God for things, that word whatever, look at John 15 and 7. John 15 and 7 will help you with that word whatever. Because, you know, well, whatever I ask, whatever I ask, can I ask God for whatever? Well, notice here in John 15 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me, that means to dwell, you know, or to spend a lot of time with. You could say it that way. If you abide in me, spend a lot of time with Jesus, abide in him. And his word does what? Abide in you. Then you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. You see, if you want to be successful in prayer, what you need to do is spend a lot of time in the word of God and find out what the will of God is. God's word is his will. If you spend a lot of time in the word of God, then you're going to find out what the will of God is. And then when if you're really abiding in Him, then when you go pray, you're going to pray in line with His Word. And I tell you what, when you start praying in line with the Word of God, you're going to start seeing your prayers get answered. You'll see again and again in Scripture when they prayed, even in the, certainly in the New Testament when they prayed, they would hold God in remembrance of His Word, because that's what He said do in the Old Testament, put me in remembrance. Not that God forgets, but it's just something He wants done. He wants us And really, I think it's more for our benefit, certainly, than it is his. But we're supposed to hold him in remembrance of his word. And how can we do that if we don't know what his word is? And so if we get into his word, let his word get in us. We're in him. He's in us. We're dwelling in him. He's dwelling in us. And and, and you see what it is. As you do that, your will will become his will. And then when you go and you pray, you're going to be praying in line with His will. And once you start praying to the Father in the name of Jesus and you're praying in line with God's will, your prayers are going to get, start getting answered left and right. Can, can you say amen? amen? Okay? So again, if you abide in me, John fifteen seven, Jesus is speaking, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But again, the prerequisite or the requirement for that is we've got to spend time with Him. We can't just go praying for our own what our own will is. We need to find out what His will is and then pray in line with it. Now look if you would again at Mark eleven twenty four. We mentioned this last week, but it bears repetition. If you want to get your prayers answered, you're going to have to pray in faith. Or in other words, you're going to have to be believing when you pray notice here jesus said what he therefore i say to you whatever things you ask now again the implication whatever there the whatever has to be in line with his will you know it has to be in line with his will you need to find out what the will of god is in his word and then and then then pray in line with that you see therefore i say to you whatever things whatever things and again Whatever things are in line with His will, whatever things you ask, when you pray, what are you supposed to do when you pray? Believe, believe that you receive them and you will what? Have them. So when you pray is when, you, when you're praying, when you're actually doing the, the, the act of praying, that's when you believe. See, a lot of people don't want to believe until they actually see the thing they're praying for come to pass. That's not when you believe. That doesn't take any believing, does it? When when you actually have the thing you want, <laughs> when does it take faith, or when do, when do you have to believe? Not when you get the thing, but what? When you when you pray for it, and then once you pray for something, you believe you receive it. Then then, and this is where people lose it. This is where people. This is why. This is one of the main reasons people don't get their prayers answered. And it's, it's so simple, but it's profound. It's kind of hard to explain, but when when do you believe that you receive what you're praying for? When do you believe that? When you what? Are you getting this or not? When do you believe you receive it? When you pray. And then after you, after you say amen, how many knows what amen means? So be it. Once you say amen then you have to and this is where people mess up in their praying this is why I don't they don't get answers when you when you pray and you believe you receive when you say amen then you start acting like you've got it because you do you have it by what by faith and then most people say well i don't have it i don't see it anywhere I don't see it anywhere. Well, it hasn't come into physical manifestation yet. I'm talking about the thing you're asking for. When do, you, when do you believe you receive it? When you what? When you pray for it. You believe you receive right at that moment and then you've got it. It's done. Do you understand that? Do you or don't you? You don't have to understand this world doesn't operate that way. This world operates that you don't, you don't believe it until you What? you see it but but the world is just backwards from the way God works. the way God works is is you you have it before you he calls things that be not as though they were. Do you understand that? How many understands that and so the way God operates you have it before you ever see it. now the world will say that you're crazy, but I don't care what the world thinks I want to go by what what God thinks. How about you you get are you getting this or not? One of the things I've watched in prayer over the years is a lot of times people make it a lot harder than it needs to be. These rules are very simple. Just let's keep it simple when we pray. Find out what God's will is, pray in line with His will, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. When you pray, believe you receive it, and then after you say amen, as far as God you are concerned, it's done, you have it, and go on down the road rejoicing. And eventually if you do that, the thing you're the thing that you believed you received, it'll come into physical manifestation. Sometimes it'll come into physical manifestation immediately, sometimes it takes a while, but it'll come if you believe. Can you can you say amen to that? you okay? Okay. Now, having said that, let's talk a little bit today. I want to talk to you about the prayer of agreement, agreeing agreeing in prayer, and the prayer of what's known as worship. Thanksgiving or worship, and then commitment. I want to put three of these. There's seven in that list I gave you. I want to talk about three of them today. And you need to realize these seven types of prayers, they interweave with one another at times. you understand that? There's some overlap, you know. And so what I want to do today is I just want to, want to show you how the prayer of agreement and the prayer of thanksgiving or worship and how commitment all coming together made an explosive force in the early church. Now, you know, when I say the early church, how many knows what I'm talking about? After Jesus was raised from the dead, you know, and, and, and right, right there is where the, the church began some 2,000 years ago. And for the last 2,000 years, the church, what we know in the Bible is the church age. You know, I'd like to see how they were doing it in the early church. How about you? Because if we, I mean, they got, they got results back there 2,000 years ago. They got their prayers answered. They got results. And so, what I want to do today is I want to look in the Bible, primarily in the Book of Acts, and I want to just look at what the early church did, in in, in as far as agreement goes, and as far as commitment goes, as far as worship goes, in in these types of prayer. And then, if 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 it worked for them, how many of you know it'll work for us? Because God's no respecter of persons. But before we go there, I want you to go before we go to the Book of Acts. Go to Matthew. Go to Matthew eighteen nineteen real quick. Go to Matthew eighteen nineteen. And Jesus said this, Again I say to you, that if two of you agree... Now, do you all know what it means to agree? Yes or no? Do you? It's the opposite of disagree, isn't it? So I say to you that if two of you agree on earth... So if you just have two people that agree on earth... Concerning anything they ask, again underline that word "anything" because the implication there it has to be in line with the scripture. If two of you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's a powerful thing, isn't it? You know, I studied the scripture. And I found this out that every time you get a person in agreement, you get spiritually stronger. You know how many times stronger you get? Ten times stronger, spiritually. You think about that. Just think if my car was stuck in the ditch out there, if I, let's just say we didn't have tow trucks or anything, do you think I'd have a better chance getting that? Out of the ditch by myself. Or if I had nine other people to help me. Or ten other people to help me. Ten other people. Is it, That wasn't a hard question was it? No. Wouldn't you agree in the natural realm. If you, get, if you get people to come and help you. You get stronger. Yes or no. Well in the spirit realm. It's the same thing. Every time you get somebody in agreement. You get ten times stronger. So that's why, and I've I've learned this too, if you get somebody in disagreement, guess what? You get ten times weaker. Or we could say it another way, the potential to be stronger isn't realized. That's why everybody in a service counts. Everybody in a church counts. Everybody's important. Everybody. Okay? Your agreement matters because if we can get you in agreement, guess what? We get ten times stronger. Do You get that? You need to understand that. Okay, now having said that, go over to Luke, because we're headed towards the book of Acts, but go to Luke 24, and we're going to be looking at the prayer of agreement. We're going to be looking at worship and commitment all together here. And and frankly, what I want to talk to you about as we go through these verses is, is if you're taking notes, you want to write this down, ministering to the Lord, ministering to the Lord ministering to the Lord. You'll see what I mean by this as we go. Luke 24, verse 50. This is right before Jesus. He had been raised from the dead. He'd spent about, I don't know, 40 some, 40 some odd days with his disciples here on the earth, you know, as he, after he was raised from the dead. And, and, and now he's, he's getting ready to be caught up into heaven, and, and, and that's where he is right now. Look at here, Luke 24, 50. And He led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up His hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while He blessed them that He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Now, verse 52. And they what? They were, they were ministering to Him. They worshipped Him. That's a prayer of worship. They worshipped Him. And notice... They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And then notice verse 53. And were... What's that next word? Were... Does that take commitment? Commitment. Continually. They were continually in the temple. What were they doing in the temple? Praising Praising and blessing God. So Jesus is caught up to heaven. As he's going up, they worship him. Prayer of worship. And then they go back to Jerusalem. They go in the temple. And how often are they in there? They're in there. Would you agree with me? Commitment there? And what are they doing there? They're what? Praising and blessing God. What were they doing? They were ministering to the Lord. You'll see this as we go, and I want to make a big deal out of it right now, because I don't want you to miss it. Ministering to the Lord is a very important thing. Right now, at, uh, what is it, about 13 till 11, right now, right this minute, we are not ministering to the Lord Right now, we're not. Right now, the Lord is ministering through me to you. Did you get that? Did you understand that? Now, just a little while ago, when the worship team was up here singing, now, what was happening there is they were leading us to what? What? Minister to the Lord or worship Him. Thank Him and praise Him. Did you get that? That is why it is so important. And this is why I make such a big deal about it. That is why the worship team can never become entertainment. Did you get what I just said? Because entertainment is not ministering to the Lord. Did you hear me? Entertainment is not ministering to the Lord. Did you get that? It just isn't. Now, a w- while ago, what they were doing when they were leading us in, in worship, they, along with us, we were ministering to the Lord. Now, there's some times, and it, and it happens quite frequently, when the Lord will minister through them back to us. Okay? You understand that? But for the most part, when they're leading us in worship, what are we doing? We are ministering to the Lord. And there's times, and it does happen frequently where He'll he'll flow back out through them or on a song. Have you ever felt the anointing on a song, the power of God on a song? I'm not talking about feelings now, but I'm talking about the power of God come on a song and just 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 affect you, just move you. I mean, it's happened to me. Umpteen times over the years when I'll just start weeping and crying, you see, because the Lord will minister back to us a lot of times. You understand that? But, but, but primarily, what are we doing during praise and worship? We are ministering to the Lord. Now, right now, are we ministering to the Lord right now? No. What is he doing now? He's ministering through me to, to, to you all, you see. You understand that, and there's a, there's a place for that. That that's good. You see that in the in the early church. You see that Peter would stand up and preach, and the Bible says that the that, that the disciples and the believers continued in the apostles' doctrine or teaching. So that's vitally important. But I just want you to realize as we read these next few scriptures, I want you to think about ministering to who to to who to the Lord. To the Lord. That's why it's important, listen to me, that's why it's important when we come for worship service, the first, the first half hour of this, this Sunday morning, it's so important that you don't ever just kind of stand around and daydream. Nobody's ever done that besides me, have they? I've done it a time or two. I don't mean to. But but you see, when if, if you or me or whoever it is, if we start daydreaming or whatever, guess what? We're ten times less strong than we need to be. What did I just say a minute ago? Every time we get somebody in agreement, we get what? Ten times stronger, spiritually. Okay? You okay? You got that? Okay. Now, here we go. Let's go now. Now, where do we leave these disciples? We left them in the temple continually praising and blessing God. Now, let's go to Acts, the first chapter in the twelfth verse, and we'll just pick right up with this same group. This same group, they were doing this continually, daily, in the temple, praising and blessing God. Now, Acts 1, verse 12 picks up with this same group, because Luke, uh, he wrote the book of Luke. He also wrote the book of Acts. So, he picks up with this same group, Verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet. So that hooks up with what we just read in Luke, didn't it? Okay. Which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Okay. It took a day to get there. Okay. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, it lists, lists the different disciples there. Now look at verse 14. These all continued with what? What does that mean? That means agreement, doesn't it? Were these people in agreement? Yes. You know one of the things that will tear up a church as quick as anything is strife. Because what is strife? Strife is disagreement. And do you know one of the things the devil will work overtime to do? Is he'll work overtime to get you offended. Because if you get offended, then strife enters in. And then when strife enters in, the Bible says where there's envy and strife, there's every kind of evil work. Strife just opens the door to the devil. And not just to destroy a church, but to destroy your personal life and your family. Strife will will tear something up quicker than anything. We need to keep strife completely out of our lives. Is that right? And if it's not in your private life, how many of you know it's not going to be in the church? Is that correct? Okay. So now watch this. Verse 14. These all continued with one accord. Agreement. In prayer and supplication. Okay. With the women. And, and Jesus' mother was there for crying out loud. Look at that. And his brothers. They're all in the upper room. And they're, and they're ministering. What are they doing? They're ministering to who? They're ministering... To the Lord. And notice what happens here is they do this for, they did this for about 10 days, every day. Can you imagine coming to church every day for 10 days. Now if you go back into the days of yesteryear when they had some of the greatest moves of God the great revivals, they'd get together for weeks at a time. And meet every day. Some of these young people around here, they don't realize that. They think going to church once a week is, oh my, that's a lot. But way back yonder, back not all that long ago, a couple of decades ago, sometimes you'd have revival meetings run for weeks. If you really want to get into the richness and the fullness of God, you start coming every day for 10, 12, 15, 20, 30 days, and you start worshiping God and ministering to Him, you'll see, you'll see miracles and healings and the power of God like you've never seen Before in your life can you say amen? I'm hungry for some of that again. How about you? Notice they were verse acts 2 verse 1. They were all with one accord. They were ministering to the Lord there in that one place and suddenly verse 2 suddenly. There came a sound from heaven. Now, how many, now this would really get everybody's attention this morning. There came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Wouldn't that freak? Some people out, you know, if they saw that. And one sat on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave a utterance. glory to God. If you want to get the power of God moving, you want to get the Holy Ghost moving, come together and just get in agreement. Get in one accord and start ministering to the Lord and do it in one accord with a good and a right heart. And I tell you what, the Holy Ghost will start moving. I'm telling you, he will. I've seen him do it. And I've seen him do it just on a a kind of a small scale. I'd like to see him do it on a greater scale. And everybody said, "Amen." I don't know about you, but I like smacking people on the back of their neck when they got a big old golf ball sized lump on the back of their neck, and you just slap that thing in the name of Jesus, and in 24 hours it's gone. I've done that. I did that standing. I, by the power of God, standing right there in that. On that spot right there Somebody come in Bound by the devil And you say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Come out of them And, and they, they fall down And you see, you see a bat fly out that way In the spirit My God And then you have a reputable member of the congregation Meet you at the door Shaking and saying Pastor I didn't want to say anything Because I didn't want people to think I was crazy But when you laid hands on that person I thought I saw a black bird fly out that way Yeah Get people free. Can you say amen? Oh, yeah. It's fun to stand up here and somebody... There's one guy in here. He got his he got his heel broken in a, in a, a motorcycle accident. He, he 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 needed His heel needed to be healed, you know. He needed to have a heel heal. And all of a sudden, the power of God hit him right in the middle of the service. And he started running around the place healed. Can, can you say amen to that? My God, I'm excited about that. And I, I tell this story. Why do you tell these stories? To build people's faith, to get them hungry, you see. I, I stood up here one Wednesday night. And I was it just... It seemed just deader than a doornail in here. And just that, see, suddenly, just that quick, the power of God came on me. I danced a little jig, ran around the room, came back up here, danced a little jig. I looked out at the congregation. They looked at me. I dismissed the service and went home. I asked my wife, did I look like a fool when I did that? She still hasn't answered the question. Even all these years later, you get a call the next day. The call comes in. My assistant answers the phone. And the lady was sitting back over there in that back corner. I didn't know it. Her... Belly had been blown up like, like she had a basketball in it. She hadn't eaten for several days. She said, when, when he ran past me, heat, fire jumped off on me and, and it hit me in the stomach. It, and, and my belly deflated, went down like normal. And she said, I was able to go out and eat a hamburger. Can you say, man, oh my God, that's exciting, isn't it? And I could tell you one story after another. For the next hour or two, maybe two hours. And wouldn't be able to exhaust them all of the things that God's done over here over these last years. And he wants to do it again. But you see, we've got to be hungry for it. Amen. Because I've learned this about God. If you're not hungry for him, he's not going to move. You've got to be hungry for him. You've got to esteem him. You understand that? Okay. <clears throat> so, verse 1 Acts 2, verse 1, they were with one accord. Suddenly something happened. a sound from heaven, rushing mighty wind, filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, tongues of, divided tongues as a fire sat on each of them. They were filled with the Spirit, began to speak with tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. That's just exciting, isn't it? And then go to, go to uh, chapter 2, go to verse 46. See, they had this mighty move of God. It's called the Day of Pentecost. We just read that. But they had this mighty move of God. But notice what the, 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 what the believers did after that. Notice here, verse 46, So continuing how often? Daily, day by day. Daily with what? With what? With one accord in the temple... So did they, did they just have that experience and then just go and forget about it? No. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And notice verse 47, praising God. What were they doing? They were ministering to the Lord. And they had favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Isn't that exciting? ministering to the Lord. Now look at chapter 3 verse 1. I'm just trying to show you how how they were in agreement, they had commitment and they and they worshiped. See those three kinds of prayer all rolled into see see it was more than just them coming together, getting down on their knees. It was a lifestyle. The prayer was a lifestyle for them. It was, it was more than just just going off by themselves and getting in a room and getting down for a few minutes on their knees and praying. It, really, I would say lifestyle. It was a lifestyle for them, you see. You, did you understand that? Lifestyle? And here in Acts 3, verse 1, Peter and John went up together, To the temple at the hour of prayer. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going in the closet and praying. That's good. There's times you need to do that. But but it's a lifestyle. So I'm trying to get you to see. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple. This is Acts 3 verse 1. They went up together to the temple. They went up. How did they go up? To. To. To what? To. 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 They went. To what? Together. Are they in agreement? See agreement there? Peter and John went up. How did they go up? They went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. They had a time every day when they'd go to pray. They had a time every day. And they went up at the hour of prayer, and it was the ninth hour. That means it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay? And notice, as they were going, and I'm not going to take the time for the sake of time, there was a lame man there. Remember, prayer produces power. It makes power available. And the rich man, I'm sorry, the, the beggar cried out. And, you know, he said, give me some alms and give me some, give me some money. And Peter said, he said, uh, look at us. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the hand, pulled him up. Great miracle. The guy got strength in his legs because he was lame from his mother's womb. And he's going, he's just praising God. Isn't that wonderful? That's a notable miracle, isn't it? And it caused quite a stir. It caused, if you read it, you can see it caused such a stir that, that the religious leaders, uh, they, they couldn't they, they could not deny it. It was such an awesome, awesome, awesome miracle. But sad to say, the religious leaders were not happy about it. And they threatened Peter and John. And you can read it. And they they told them, don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And so John and Peter were discouraged. And in Acts 4 verse 23, watch this. Acts 4, 23 they were let go Peter and John. I mean, wouldn't you think if, if a guy got healed, wouldn't you think that they'd be dancing around and going all excited? Wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think that? But the religious people got all upset. And being let go, they went to their own companions, their own company. Well, would you? Would you? Wouldn't you say there'd be agreement there? Hmm. Be agreement. And reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Well, they had told them, you can't preach in Jesus' name anymore. It threatened them. So when they heard that, notice what they did. They raised their voice to God with what? With one accord. Do you see agreement? Do you see them ministering to the Lord? Do you see that? And said, now I wonder how they prayed back there then. Well, let's see. They're going to tell us, right? The Bible's going to tell us. Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said. Now they're going to quote the Old Testament. See, pray the word. If you want the results in your life. The Old Testament, God says, hold me in remembrance of my word. So he said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Well, that's what they prayed. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate. See, here's. Tell us what they prayed. With the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and burn them with fire. Is that what they said? No? We need to walk in love here, don't we? Look on their threats and grant. Now watch this. It's very important. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, now they're there in agreement. You see commitment. You see ministering to the Lord. Here they're not singing. They're just speaking to him. They're they're praying to him. And when they would prayed, what happened? The place where they were assembled together was... Wouldn't that be something? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to get the Spirit of God moving? Get together in one accord and start ministering to Him. And they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Now what did they pray for? They prayed for signs and wonders and so forth. We just read what they prayed for. Now go over to Acts 5 verse 12 and we're going to see God answered their prayer. Go over to Acts 5, verse 12. You're going to see God answered their prayer. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Well, that's what they prayed for, didn't they? Did we just not read that? See, God is in the answering prayer business. But we just have to we minister to Him, committed, in agreement, believe we receive when we pray. And notice, we're not even one chapter away, and now God starts answering this prayer. Look at this verse 12 again. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with what? One accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them. The people esteemed them highly. The believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Now watch this, verse 15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets... And laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Isn't that something? Healing going on. Well, what did they ask? They asked the Lord, stretch out your hand to heal. That's what he's doing. Verse 16. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Isn't that wonderful? And I won't read it for the sake of time, but you know what the religious people did to the apostles? They arrested them again, or they, they, they threw them in prison, or whatever it was. They beat them, and they threatened them to not preach in the name of Jesus anymore. But then an angel, when they were locked in the prison, if I'm not mistaken, an angel of the Lord came and released them from prison. See, so if you want to get the angels of God moving, if you want to get the supernatural moving in your life, just get in agreement, get in one accord, be committed, and minister to the Lord, and the Holy Ghost will start moving in your life. He'll start moving in. in he'll start moving in your life. He'll move at your school. He'll move in. He'll just start moving. Can, can you say Amen? He'll just start moving. Unclean spirits will start leaving. Addictions will start being broke. People start getting helped. This wasn't happening in the church either. It was into the streets. Say in the streets, in the streets. And, and, and the angel released them, they get the angels going. The angel released them from pit prison. And they continue to preach. All right, let's, let's close this up. Let's just go to Acts 13 now. Got two more openings, real quickly here. Acts thirteen verse one. Now, in the church that was, Antioch, it was at Antioch, there were certain apostles. Or, I'm cert- sorry, let me start over. Acts thirteen one. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. And of course, the list begins with Barnabas and ends with Saul. Notice verse two. As they what? As they. In different versions, will say it different. Her, her version said worshiping. The New King James says, as they what? Ministered to who? To the Lord and fasted. That shows commitment, doesn't it? As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. So ministering to the Lord, they probably didn't have somebody up preaching the whole time. And sometimes they did. Paul, at one time Paul preached till midnight. so, So they did have preaching a lot. But there were times where they just they ministered to the Lord, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. That means they were they 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 had stopped eating food for a, for a, a period of time. They said the Lord's going to be more important to us than our cheeseburgers. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And notice the Holy Spirit said, "Now, how did He say? I'm convinced that one of the leaders there, probably one of the leaders, in in the congregation." Had a word of prophecy from the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit spoke through one of the leaders there, through it might have been uh, uh, tongues and interpretation, it was prophecy, whatever, but it was probably through one of the leaders there. And they said, Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. And having fasted and prayed, laid hands on them and sent them away. And then Paul went out on his first missionary journey and turned the world, started to turn the world upside down for Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Now let's close in Acts 16, verse 16. This is some time later, several years later. Notice, it happened as we went to prayer. If you want something to happen in yourself, somebody said, there's just nothing happening in my life, Pastor Terry. There's just nothing happening in my life. Well, notice what it says here in verse 16. It happened as we went to prayer. If you want something to happen in your life, go to prayer. Nothing happened in my life, Pastor. Well, there's your answer right there. It happened as they what? Went to, as they went to where? Prayer. You want things to start start happening in your life, put prayer right up there at the top. It happened as we went to prayer. This was Paul and Silas. A certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. She was a witch, a fortune teller. And brought her master as much profit by fortune telling. And to keep this short, you can read it. Paul turned and cast the demon out of her. And that caused a whole ruckus. And they got thrown in prison. Paul and Silas. And in verse 25... See, they went to prayer. devil got cast out of somebody. Should have been rejoicing. But no, they threw, they got thrown in prison. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying and singing hymns to God. What were they doing in the midnight hour when most of us might have been, maybe I'll speak for myself, might have been complaining and grumbling and going on. I'm not saying you would do that. I might do that. But what were they doing? They were what? Praying and... Worshipping, singing hymns to God. What were they doing? Ministering to the Lord. And the prisoners were listening to them. And then verse 26. When you start ministering to the Lord, things are going to happen. What does verse 26 start with? It starts with the word what? Suddenly. Suddenly. There was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And it's all because you had two disciples that were willing to minister to the Lord instead of crabbing and complaining. Because they shouldn't have been in prison they could have been down there saying, well, we did something good. We got that, we got that demon-possessed lady free. They ought to be, they ought to be congratulating us and, and worshiping God. But now they threw us into prison. But no, they didn't do that. What did they do? They, they, they ministered to the Lord. And there was a great earthquake. I, I see two places right, right here today, just reading our passages, where uh, praying caused... An earthquake. And it wasn't a, a bad earthquake. Apparently, nobody else in the area knew it. It just shook that prison and it shook that place where they were meeting back there earlier. I'd like God to shake this place. How about you? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be neat? Well, it is available. How bad do we want it? Stand with me if you would.